Well, it's good to see you. It's good to have you. It's good to be here. It's always a great privilege to share the word with yourselves. Every time it's a new experience and it's a new thing. I have been really, really afraid throughout the week to come and share with you here. This morning I was still confessing to my wife and saying I'm not even sure what to and how to. Because I normally would love to rely 120% on the Holy Spirit. Unless he speaks, I don't like moving. And now that he has spoken, we can talk. Hallelujah. Hopefully you will take notes. We're talking about the new covenant. The new covenant. Why new? Because the old one is. Is it absolute or absolute? Absolute, whatever. That's why it is new. And that's why it is old. Not all of us really would love to be wearing old things, isn't it? When a thing is old, it is, and it is old for a reason. Hallelujah. So there is an old covenant, there is a new covenant. Verse did lay out some foundations last Sunday. So today what I will do briefly is just maybe deepen your understanding and show you one or two things in this new covenant where you and me belong. I always have an argument with the pastors to say we cannot be teaching the old as doctrine because there is no church doctrine in the old. Church doctrine is in the new because the church is in the new. Hallelujah. And that is theologically sound and correct. Hallelujah. So maybe to make an introduction to yourselves, let me just read Hebrews chapter 12. This scripture shall not appear on our TV set. It is prohibited to appear. You can take your Bibles and uh, let's read this together. It's very important. I'll read from verse number 18. My Bible says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, and that bent with fire, and to blackness, and darkness, and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore, for they could not endure what was commanded. And if so, if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And, to, and so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Verse number 22. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem to a numerable company of angels, to the general assemble and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of men made perfect, to Jesus 
the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. You see, in that scripture, there are two things. There is the old and the new. Guys, in the old, things were terrifying. Guys, in the old, things were so, so scary. The old was full of don'ts, and you would die if ever you broke a don't. If, if ever you touched what you're not supposed to tie, I mean to touch because all of us in the old, we were unclean. We were not worth touching. And that's why we sat outside and only the priest would go. And guess what? Even if the priest went in, we would tie a rope on his waist in case he died there. And so we would pull him out because no one would take go in. So the old was terrifying. But behold, the new is come. <laughs> and where I read the Bible says, in this new, we have come to Mount Zion. Not the physical mountain that you are talking about. These are spiritual things. And to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable company of angels. But my interest is in verse 23 and 24. To the general assemble and church of the firstborn. Eh? Not bones, but born. The firstborn. If you, you understand English the way I do, it says to the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Firstborn singly or singular. Who are plural. You see that? You and me are the firstborn in the new covenant. We are the church. We are the assembly of the firstborn who are registered where? In the heavens. Not at the Kakubi building. Who are registered in the heavens. As we sit here this morning, even as I begin my talk with you, I need you to understand that you and me are the general assembly of God. The church of the firstborn of God. Let me put it this way. In God's kingdom, there is no lastborn. <laughs> There is no meekly born or meekly child. We are all firstborns. Because in the natural, is only the firstborns that inherit. Are you with me? In the natural, is only the firstborns that inherit. And therefore, you and me, we are firstborns because we are all heirs of God. We all inheriting. And the Bible says we are joined as with Christ Jesus. Meaning that we are not taking 50-50. Mm -mm. We are taking all. All of us. It's 100%. What Jesus receives, we receive. Because he is the mediator of this new thing. I'm not sure whether you're understanding me. He's the author of this new thing. He is the point person of this thing. 
He is the be-all of the new covenant. That's why the Bible says in the same Hebrews, it says that in the past God spoke through the prophets, but now he has spoken through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He already has it. He is not going to. He has already spoken. Meaning that, ladies and gentlemen, anything God will ever say to humankind, he has already said it in Christ Jesus. If you want to hear what God is saying, look at Jesus. If you want to hear what God is saying to the people who will be born in 2060, look at Jesus. Because God has already spoken. He is not going to speak to you through a man. If any man speaks not Jesus to you, he is not speaking of God. Because the voice and the message of any man from God is Jesus. Because Jesus is the message of God to humanity. Are you with me? And this Jesus is the beginning and the end of the new covenant. Because it shall not end anywhere. He is the door of all things in the new covenant. He is the bread of life in the new covenant. He is the living water in the new covenant. He is the light in the new covenant. He is the Alpha and the Omega in the new covenant. So everything in this new covenant is about Jesus Christ. What then does this entail or mean to you and, and me? It means that in our investment of knowing God, we must know Jesus. We must seek to know Jesus. We must pursue the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe that is why Paul would write in Philippians 3 verse number 10, that I may know him. I thought Paul knew Jesus, but he still desires so much to know him, to pursue him, to understand him. Because if you don't understand Jesus, you will not understand the new covenant you will then begin to live by the old in the new. Listen to me. They don't go hand in hand. The old is religion. The new is life. I hope you heard me. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to this point this morning. Write it down. Jesus did not come to give you religion. He did not bring religion. Jesus was and is not a religious leader. Mm -mm. And you are not religious people. Therefore. Did you hear that? Jesus brought the kingdom of God. Because the new covenant is about the kingdom of God. So that's what he brought for you and me. The kingdom. So the new covenant is about the king, his kingdom, and his people, his saints. So if we look at it like that way, we fully understand our expectation of it and what God expects of us in the new covenant. So this morning, I will just give us maybe two, because of time, two things, two elements 
I mean, clear elements that will help us to run around fully understanding who we are and what we need to be doing in this new covenant. Remember that all things in this new covenant are new. Eh? We have a new life. We have a new name. We have a new song. We have a new commandment. We are a new creation. Everything is new. And when the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Ladies and gentlemen, that man there is not a renovated man. It's not renovated. You know what's renovation. Yeah, when you take this old house and peel it off and then repaint it, that's renovation. That's not what the Bible is talking about there. When you came to Jesus in this new covenant, you became a completely new creation, a new creature that never existed. The challenge is you are looking at your physical figure. That's not what God renews or recontracts. No. But he looks at you, the spirit man. Your spirit man, your soul. You became a completely new creature. You have no past. Your past was washed away in the blood and by the blood of Jesus. So that you be a new thing. Because in the new covenant, everything must be new. Nothing old holds in the new. And therefore, you are a new creation. He recreated you. So you can fit in the scope of the new covenant. And he gives you a new mind, a new heart, a new life, a new thing, and a new commandment of doing things. And he helps you and guides you through on how to run. Now your challenge is you are so much obsessed with your traditions from the old man. You continue to run with them and forget or negate the new commandment traditions if they are there. But this morning, just two things. Galatians 3. That's where we will start. Galatians 3. These scriptures will appear. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, as according to the promise. What I want us to understand this morning is that, ladies and gentlemen, in the new covenant, we are all one. In the new covenant, there is unity. The new covenant is about unity. And nothing else. You and me cannot experience the promise, enjoy the promise, enjoy the tenets of the new covenant if we continue in this journey divided. Ladies and gentlemen, we are sons of God not because we come to church. We are sons of God not because we are at King City. We are sons of God not because we keep the Sabbath. 
We are sons of God not because we do everything we are doing. We are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. If we have not believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not sons of God. We are not children of God. Because Jesus is the mediator of this new covenant. So all our lives consist in Christ Jesus. All we do is about Jesus Christ. Your song is Jesus. Everything you think you do is Jesus. And if your faith is in a man, it is outside the scope of the new covenant. If anything you do is about men, it is outside the tenets of the new covenant. In this one, the main actor is Christ because he is the Lord of it all. Are you with me this morning? Let's, let's go back to this verse. For as many as, sorry, for as many of you know you For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I don't want to overemphasize this. You can't walk naked as a Christian. You can't walk naked as a child of God. Remember guys in the Old Testament. The Bible says they were naked in Eden. You remember that? And they did not see that they were. Because they wore the glory of God. Yeah? And they sinned. And the glory lifted. And they saw that they were naked. But in the new covenant, we have been restored, isn't it? We still put on our clothes. Congratulations. Which is a result of sin anyway. We still put on our clothes. <laughs> but guess what? We now have put on Christ. Because without putting on Christ, we are naked before our God. Because what makes us appeal to God, it's not us, it's not the color of our skins or our nationality or anything else, is whom we have put on. And the God is only attracted to one man, Jesus Christ. And because I have put on Christ, when he sees me, he sees Christ, his firstborn. And therefore, I am the firstborn. So we have put on Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the dress code of the new covenant is Jesus. That's the dress code. Maybe that's why we do not emphasize on how to dress physically. Because it doesn't count much. It's a religious thing. I'm not saying people come here naked. No. When you have put on Christ, your conscience is very wise. Are you with me this morning? So all of us here have dressed up very well. I hope so. Seven days a week. You're putting on Christ. You're not doing like the other people. When you sew up uniforms for the church, you wear them for the service. 
after this service, you put them off and you live like the world. Yeah? When you are putting on the uniform, you can't even move next to a broccoli store because you're wearing the uniform. What will people say when they see the King City uniform <laughs> by the broccoli store? Wait, let me run home and remove this jacket. Then I will come and show you. Uh -uh. We don't remove our clothes, which is Christ. We put him on once and for all. In the new covenant, that is our dressing code. Are you hearing that? Verse number 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither... There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, in the old, these things mattered. Greeks were Greeks. Jews were Jews. Who are you, Mr. Gentile? The Bible says we were not even members of the commonwealth of Israel. We were far away without God. Yeah? We were not a people. We had no name, we had no dignity. God was for the Jews. So was Jesus. But in the new covenant, it doesn't matter you are Greek. It doesn't matter you are Jew. It doesn't matter you are British. It doesn't matter you are Zimbabwean. It doesn't matter you are Chinese. It doesn't matter. We are all one. Ladies and gentlemen, in the old, a slave was a slave. The master was a master. Slaves would not mix with their masters. Yeah? You dare not. I guess we still do it here. Slaves never went to the synagogue. The synagogue was for them, the religious, not the slaves. But in the new covenant, our maids are here. Yes, our workers are here. You are a bad master if your workers don't go to church. In the new covenant, there's no separation. You heard me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, in the old, what was woman? In the old, women were not people. Yeah. They would not dare do anything. They would not serve anywhere. They were women and they were regarded unclean. That's why they stayed away from everything. They had no say, no word, no contribution, no participation, no nothing. But in the new, we are all one in Christ Jesus. In the new, there is no male, there is no female. We are all sons of God. In the new, we are all children of God. In the new, we are all filled with one Holy Spirit. In the new, women hear from God. Women are sons of God. Women serve. 
women are people. Are you hearing me? Paul says, we no longer regard anyone in the flesh. My brothers and my sisters, you are outside the expectations of God if you still regard humanity in the flesh. In the new covenant, there is no tribalism. There is no racism. There are no issues of tribe. Read with me. Read with me uh, Revelations chapter 5. Let's go to Revelations chapter 5. We'll come back to the other scriptures. Revelations chapter 5. The Bible says then they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and by your blood you, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign on earth. Where did God take the people from? That he has made a kingdom and a priesthood which is you and me. He took them from every from every people from every nation, from every language. Do you hear that? In the kingdom of God, we are all one. Tribes don't matter. We don't know tribes in heaven. We don't know tribes even in hell. Because there is no fire for the Shona and fire for the Ndebele. Do you hear that? Hellfire is hellfire. You heard me well. You are not going to follow Christ while you keep emphasizing the flesh. You are not going to be successful in walking with Christ while you regard people of God in the kingdom of God in the flesh. That's a recipe for failure. In this kingdom here, we are one. In Christ Jesus. Talk to your neighbor and say we are one. I wish you could take this message to Zimbabweans. We are... But listen, in the world they are divided. But in this kingdom, that's what makes us distinct. The Bible says they will know that you are my disciples by this that you love one another. Here. Ladies and gentlemen, we are unable to influence the world if we are divided here. A kingdom that is divided against itself cannot stand. It will be destroyed. Maybe the reason why this kingdom of God is not evident we are so much in emphasizing on the church and not the kingdom. And the emphasis are on our denominations and not the kingdom. He did not come to give us any denominations. He came to give us the kingdom. Listen to me. We are a kingdom people. Let's go back to my scripture. Revelations 5. The other one. Verse 10. And you made them a what? 
A church? Kingdom is a country. He made us a country. Yeah? Where Jesus is the king. And we are the kings. Because the Bible says he is the king of... And who are those kings? It's not King Mswati. We are the kings of the kingdom. The Bible says he is the Lord of lords. And who are the lords? Hey, I asked, who are the lords? Don't keep quiet. It's us, you and me. The Bible says he is the high priest. And who are the priests? Wherever there is a high priest, there are other priests. If he is the high priest, who are the priests? You and me. He made us a kingdom and priest unto God. Listen very careful. That's why you no longer need any men for you to get to God. You are a priest. You go to God yourself. Are you listening to me? That's why you don't need those prophets out there who say without a prophet you will not access the blessing of the Lord. Tell them you are the prophet. And if there is a requirement for a prophet, Jesus is enough. Are you listening to me? Because in the old, they required a priest. But now, we are the royal priesthood. We get in ourselves by the reason of the blood of Jesus. The veil has been broken and torn apart. The whole of holies is accessible because it is Christ Jesus. And we are in Christ Jesus. In him we live, we move, and we have our being. Guess what that means? It means that we live, we move, and we have our being in the Holy of Holies every day. We live, we move, and we have our being in the presence of God every day. If you read Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible says he made us sit together. With Christ, where in the heavenly places. You are seated daily in the presence of God in Christ Jesus. That's who we are in this whole new thing. Ladies and gentlemen, in the new covenant, God is not far away there. We are on his right hand. Didn't you read the Bible that it says that Jesus, God, Promoted him, elevated him, made him sit far above every principality, every might, every power, every dominion, and every name called now to be called in the future, and made him sit on his right hand. And we are seated in Christ Jesus, on the right hand of God. You are too powerful, Wayne. Too, too powerful. You are holy. Remember what Clive said in the morning? We are not righteous because of our deeds. We are righteous because of what he has done on the cross. That's our righteousness. Ladies and gentlemen, righteousness is not activities. It's not works. Righteousness is a position. The position we have in Christ Jesus is the position of righteousness. Whether you like it or not, as long as you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are righteous. 
Whether you are thinking wrong thoughts, you are the righteousness of God. Whether you steal and you are a child of God, you are still the righteousness of God. All you need to do is to rewire your thinking. Renew your mind. Stop stealing. And be the righteousness of God. Are you hearing me this morning? All of us here. Hey, don't look at the, the physiology of my face. It's not about righteousness. That one is too ugly to be righteous. No! <laughs> Ra- righteousness <laughs> is not in those features. <laughs> Is given unto us by God in Christ Jesus. You heard me this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Talk to your neighbor and say we are one. <laughs> Galatians chapter 4. Let's discover something. Then I'll be done. Galatians chapter 4. We're reading from verse 4. Yes. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under law. Let's move on. To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. What I want to emphasize on this morning is that in the new covenant, we are all sons of God. We have received this adoption. We have already been adopted. When we go before God, we're going before our Father. When we are talking to God, we're talking to our Father. We're not talking to a religious being that has so many rituals to follow to get to him. He is our Father. We need, therefore, to take time to develop the father-son relationship. Jesus says what the father or what the son sees the father doing, that's what the son does. Ladies and gentlemen, in this new covenant, do you see what your father is doing? Because that's what he expects you to be doing. That's why you are the son. You are a bad son who doesn't carry the father's instruction. Don't you think so? Even in the natural. Yeah? Sons carry the father's name. Sons do what their fathers tell them. I always tell people when I am trying to post a little bit about my father in the flesh that when he was about to die, he died in my house, he said to me, I love the way you are bringing up your family. Keep it up. No one had ever said that. All I had received were criticisms left, right, and center. Yeah? from friends, from relatives, particular relatives. And I was like, oh my God. 
me and my family until the old man spoke it. I threw away the jacket of negativism and took what my father said. You can't move me. Because my father said it. God is our father. When he says it, we run with it. In this kingdom of God, the father has spoken. And that is what we, listen to me, stop queening yourself. Stop a, what do I want to say? I'm talking to women. You love to be woman more than being a son of God. You love to be queens. But I have said in my scriptures, in the kingdom of God, they are no queens. They are kings. Mm -hmm. Spiritually kings. You might be a queen in the physical. But please, Miss Queen, can you carry yourself like a king? Rule. Be in charge. Yes. Have dominion. Do what kings do. If you don't do that, we will still put you where we think queens belong. And you will fail to be king. And we will be kings on your behalf. You heard me. Are you listening to what I'm saying? My sisters in Christ, you are kings. You are sons of God. Rise up as sons of God. Think as sons of God. Do as sons of God. Does that, does that stop you being a wife? No, no, no. Does that stop you being a woman? No, no, no. It doesn't. But you are getting into who you are. Unless you function as kings and a priest, this is for all of us. Unless we learn to function as kings and a priest, we will be unable to do and perform our role of intercession in this world. The role of intercession is not about standing in prayer. It's about standing in for Jesus. Standing in for the kingdom. The kingdom of God is about kings and the priests. We must function as kings and priests. Not just as Christians. After all, God never called us Christians. It's a nickname by men. Which we have made a divine name. It's just a religious connotation. Are you with me this morning? So, rise. Come up here. Come up here, my brothers and my sisters. We are kings and priests. Let's function there and we will intercede better. We will manifest the kingdom of God. We will show the kingdom of God. Let me finish my scripture. Then I will go for tea. And because you are sons, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. This spirit of Christ is not found in any human being. He is in the hearts of sons of God.
here, you and me, crying Abba, Father. Are you listening to me? This morning, I would be glad if as we continue to talk about the new covenant, you would have this mind that you are sons of God more than you are sons of your fathers biologically. I'll be glad if we would understand that unless we function as kings and priests, we will not exercise our dominion on earth. So, let's, let's arise in that position. We are kings and priests. We are sons of God. We are all one. We are not divided by what divides the world. We are united by the blood of Jesus. It speaks better things than the blood of Abel. That's who we are. We love one another. We care for one another. We carry one another's burdens. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we are there for one another. And when we do that, the kingdom will reign. The government of God will be made manifest. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a beautiful week. Have a winning week. Be in charge for he is in charge with you. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you this morning in Jesus' name for your word, for inspiring us, for encouraging us, for guiding us, for leading us. Here we are. Here are our hearts. We're so glad we are your sons. We are so glad we are kings and we are priests of God, a royal priesthood. So help us, Holy Spirit, to understand the original ideas of God concerning this sonship and the new covenant and the kingdom of our God, that we may run with excellency to the glory of our God. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, we thank you. Amen.